we but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found within us. If we change ourselves, the tendencies in the world will also change. This paraphrased quote from Mahatma Gandhi is the basis of the program you are about to hear. I'm Dedalian, and this is Shining Stars, a program dedicated to searching out and bringing attention to individuals and organizations that are fostering positive change within our community and within our world. My guest on Shining Stars today is a member of the Lansing Community College family. Uh, she wears a lot of hats here at LCC. She's a photography instructor, a scholarship coordinator, and post-secondary enrollment coordinator as well. While having an email conversation with her, that's when I noticed that beyond her many titles here at the college, her signature also included an image, and it said, Mental Health First Aider. I became curious to know more. I had never heard of it. I believe that conversations about mental health, they're definitely helpful in expanding the power of positivity further. So I invited her into the studio today. Her name is Andrea Terry. Welcome to Shining Stars, Andrea. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. uh, So the organization is known as Mental Health First Aid or MHFA. And like I said, until our email conversation, I had never heard of this. Uh, can you summarize the goal of what MHFA is? Yes. Um, Mental Health First Aid is an organization that allows people to be trained in being mental health first aiders, which is what that logo was. I went through the training and it doesn't give you the uh, capacity to be a mental health professional, but to allow you to have the language and the capacity to be able to assist people um, that you're interacting with in basic tools to guide them for mental health. Um, If you kind of think about it like a um, CPR training, mm-hmm. you know, helping people, the, the very basic things to survive. Sure. So it's the same thing, but for your mental health. Well, that makes sense. So you're not exactly trying, you're not trying to heal, but you're trying to f- point people in the direction to heal. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, as you know, this show's pretty much about positivity. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know what your definition of positive change is and how do you feel that MHFA fits into that role? So I think that... Um, well, positive change means so many things to everybody, but for me, it is improving on something that I wasn't that good at before, and now I'm able to succeed um, better at it, or I'm learning a new skill. So you know how that quote, um, people often say, like, you learn something new every day. Yeah. So um, I take that super personally and try to find what I've learned every day. Um, typically at the end of the day, but with, when I think about my mental health first aid training, um, I like to think about how I was able to also use that and create a positive change in somebody else's life. So it's not just what I'm learning and what positive change I'm influencing on myself, but also how I'm using that to influence it on other people. Okay. So You've actually had the opportunity to utilize this for, I mean, how, how long have you been involved? Well, so the first time, um, I've actually gone through the training three times mm-hmm. and the training is, it's a two year certification. Mm-hmm. So it expires after two years. And at my previous, um, 
employer. I went through the training twice, mm-hmm. and so I was really excited when it was offered um, here at LCC for a select group of people. So I took um, advantage of that and went through it again. Um, to be recertified, but I've always used it beyond my certification. And what it is, there's sort of a, so they have an acronym called LG, and this is how you use the mental health first aider um, training is that you assess whoever it is that you're talking with, you assess them for their risk of suicide or bodily harm. So you can assist them. You listen to them non-judgmentally. And then you can give them assurance and information and encourage encourage them to find the appropriate professional help and encourage them to give them self, self-help sure. and um, appropriate strategies or support strategies that they can find for themselves. So I use this all the time, and not even just with my students here at LCC, but with family, with myself, with my friends, um, pretty much anybody that you come in contact with when there is something going on in their lives, this is something that you can use to help guide them to moving forward rather than kind of downward spiral. I don't really know how to phrase the question, but what I'm curious to know as you're talking about, you know, is, is what the training does provide. So, so, and again, I, I'm not exactly sure how to phrase the question. I'm not sure if it's coming across correctly or not. Uh, but like, for instance, I, I think you could hopefully maybe give some sort of example. Yeah. So the training is, um, Oh, now I'm now I'm forgetting. It's a two day training. Um, This last training that I did was virtual. Previously, it was in person. And so they were they were actually quite different when it's virtual versus in person, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a lot of scenarios. So a lot of different types of situations that you might find yourself in. Um, with another person or group of people. Um, There's a lot of um, not definitions, but understanding of different types of mental health situations or mental health um, illnesses. So really understanding, you know, sort of what the difference is between anxiety, bipolar disorder, um, Mm -hmm. um, depression, um, different things like that, and how to um, kind of put yourself in that person's shoes. Okay. And then, um, so it's a lot of working through those and working through how you would use the LG approach within those scenarios. Okay. So that's kind of how the training works. That does make sense. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing is, you know, we, I talk about it a lot on this show is I, have never found myself to be a naturally positive person. And, and it, and I'm not going to assume anything about you, but you know, when you say you've, you've actually kind of used the training on yourself, mm-hmm. I, I, I have to kind of come to that assumption that uh, you're not like naturally positive or it is, or, 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 I mean, you seem very positive, but it's one of those things that I feel like people have to work at. You actually have to consciously go, I need to remain positive in this situation. Do you feel like you're one of those people? Well, I would say that um, ah, this is a tough one because I think that everyone that knows me 
um, really well would say, oh, yeah, she's totally a naturally positive person. You you seem to have a smile on your face (laughs) Uh, all the time. I do. And people would describe me as bubbly and outgoing. But I would say that I am an extroverted introvert that... I know my boundaries and it's taken me a long time to learn my boundaries. And, um, I, I think just like the majority of people, I can, I have anxiety and I have depression and, um, but I also work really hard at maintaining positive, a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. And I've also, um, I think that at the beginning of my life, I think I, it was more natural for me to be positive. Okay. And so I always, I'm the youngest of four. So, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was tortured, <laughs> but in a, in a loving, yeah. loving way. And um, so I was able to kind of take, you know, I take what was always coming at me and understand that it was in fun and in love with a way to always find that silver lining. And so whenever there is sort of, you know, those moments in life that are really heavy and dark. Um, I try to find the gratitude and the blessings and um, make sure that I'm aware of those and um, just always, yeah, see the positivity that is overtaking what's actually sure, sure. darkening me. Well, and, and it's funny that you said that, you know, because I feel the same thing is, is as a younger person, yes, I was, as a child, I was more positive, but I also realized that a lot of that anxiety that I have about anything in life came from being, when I was a child, (laughs) it's one of those things where, where you're like, well, that was, yeah, I recognize that. (laughs) And and it's, you know, and and of course, you know, as a child, you, you've always got people that are, are guiding you and, and helping you out. Is, is there anybody's particular in your life that you feel like, kind of helped instill the positive side of you or, or gave you that ability? Well, so I, I, I actually think about this all the time. Um, you know, whenever somebody's like, who, who is so influ- who influenced you or who's your, mm-hmm. who's your hero or, right. you know, I, there isn't one person. Okay. So I'm, and I don't know, I don't know if other people are like this, but I take a little bit from literally everybody I encounter, mm-hmm. whether it's a total stranger that I am like interacting with for two seconds mm-hmm. or somebody I've known my entire life or even somebody that, you know, like a family member that passed that I never met that passed before I was even born. I feel like there's something I'm able to take from from all of those people. Sure. Maybe that sounds weird. I don't Not know. At all. But I I feel like that's that is what influenced me. Even if it's a negative situation, I learn something from it and how it affects me. I'm a I'm very influenced. Um, I feel very deeply and okay. um take on other people's energy um very easily. And so um, I'm always able to learn something from that and even understand the way it makes me feel. So if it's a really good feeling, mm-hmm. if I understand that it's making me feel good, I understand that if I reciprocate something like that to somebody else, it's going to do the same thing and vice versa if it's something that's negative, you okay. know, and like not to do that. Sure. 
Well, and, and that is always my thought process too. Even even those negative people in your life uh, play a role. And very often, I feel like those are the people that are actually trying to teach me something. Yeah. Um. Something, whether it be something about myself or something about uh, how to deal with certain situations. And of course, getting back to the MHFA, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, you've had quite a few situations, or, or you've. I, I must. So so, how does how does it work? Is it is it specifically your world or or are you somehow connected nationally at all no well so um this is a national organization so yes. we and what i'm getting at is, is what's the background how, how did this come about yeah so the actual organization yes yes yeah so the history of it um this was the mental health first aid was created in 2001 mm-hmm. um, by a nurse in australia named um, betty kitchener and um, Anthony Jorm, um, a literary professor, a okay. mental health literary professor, and they created this in Australia. And their organization was called Mental Health First Aid Australia. And then, um, then the U.S. adapted it. And now it's part of Mental Health First Aid International, which is also part of the National Council for Behavioral Health. Okay. So you can find information at... Um, mhfa.org and you can find this information also on the national council um, dot org website too okay you got ahead of the game there i was gonna well, ask you yeah, that next. sorry yeah <laughs> uh, so now does i mean i know you said it was it was fairly pricey to actually kind of become a uh, mental el- Mental, oh, health. mental health first aider. Yeah, you yeah. say it for me. Sure. Mental health first aider. Um, so it sounds like most of the time people probably go through uh, their place of employment to, to become yeah, one of these. Yeah, typically um, if you're going to become a mental health first aider, it's usually a professional development opportunity through your employer um, where they are bringing in the trainers and then doing this as like a group to train their employees. Um, You can get certified as a mental health first aider on your own. And I know that Michigan State University offers um, trainings. I don't know what their schedule is, but anybody can sign up and you pay, Mm -hmm. you can pay for it yourself. Um, But typically an or your place of employment would bring you in um, as they would bring them in, and you would be able to participate that way. Okay, as, as a nonprofit, does it does it work off of a volunteer basis at all? Like, even if they don't pay, you, you know, I'm, does does this make sense? The they only they have very few employees, so okay. their trainer they don't have very many trainers, okay. so that are like actually from their organization, mm-hmm. but they have a train the trainer. Mm-hmm. So what you can do too, which is really cool, is that. Um, So, for example, when I said, like, you can take these training sessions at Michigan State, Mm -hmm. they have trainers that went through the train the trainer at Michigan State University. So that means that um, Michigan State paid to have them be trained. So now they can train their staff or community members um, either for free as a nonprofit or for a fee if there's somebody outside okay. of their organization. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so that we is could have cool. our own trainers here if we wanted to. We do. We got yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm a mental health oh, trainer, not right, a trainer. Right, right, right. 
<laughs> I would uh, love to be a trainer. That so, would be so great. And so what I'm kind of wondering too is, is I mean, I, I, I have to assume the website has some information for people seeking help. It does. It has, it has resources. Um, just like, um, when I mentioned in the algae acronym, the first E, the encourage appropriate mm-hmm. um, professional help okay. and the encourage the self-help or support strategies. They have a list of organizations, um, including, you know, some that we'll see kind of around LCC, like in the bathrooms or on the walls of, um, phone numbers and websites that students and staff and faculty can utilize for, um, you know, that are free help that anybody can call and utilize. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, beyond, uh, you know, talking about organizations and things like that mm-hmm. that we're involved with, mm-hmm. I, I also sometimes like to dive into the people that I talk to because uh, I, I enjoy talking about the organization, but I also want to know a little bit about you know, because obviously this brings you joy in some way to, to be a part of this. Yes. What else brings you joy in life? Oh, my gosh. Um, so many things bring me joy. Um, I'll, get, I'll name a couple. So <laughs> one thing that brings me a ton of joy is listening to audiobooks. Um, I love. I'm on listen- board with that. Yeah, I love <laughs> listening to the British and Australian accents. <laughs> I don't know, and they all they always have to have some sort of like thriller, murder, twist of some sort. Um, and I'm a gardener. Um, not too much of um, veggies, but lots of uh, flowers. I'm more of a flower gardener, so we turned our entire backyard into um, a giant flower garden. And I love my kitty cat. He brings me tons of joy. My family and my friends, my husband, of course, they bring me joy. But probably one of the biggest things that brings me the most joy is when I see people like strangers or even people I know, just like those random little things that you see people do. That's one that, of my favorite things. Yes. Just like when you see a stranger holding a door for somebody or yes. somebody spills their bag and you see other people just coming to their aid, you know, or I don't know, just like those little things. Like I see that kind of stuff and it just like I beam. I just like my whole body tingles and warmth, you right. know. And, and, and it seems like, uh, you know, as we, we moved through the pandemic, we saw a lot of negative stuff. But at the same time, you saw so much more positivity yes. coming out of, like, of the human race in general. It's just yeah, been awesome. Yeah, it has. Um, I hope that continues. Me too. <laughs> uh, so be, uh, I, I, usually I ask, what do you love most about what you do when I get to this question? But, but here's my thing. You've got, you know, you're here at LCC, so you do so many things I that I didn't know what to specifically pick on or or pick at or, or, or focus in on. There we go. Uh, so tell me. Okay. So what, what do you love most about what you do? And you just answer it the way you feel like you want to. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like you said at the beginning, I wear so many hats. And, um, of course, I love interacting with students. But I think what I love the most about what I do is because I do a ton of just like the background work, right? Like the paper mm-hmm. pushing sure. work that has to get done. If it doesn't get done, these programs aren't going to function. The students aren't going to get what they need. The scholarships won't get awarded. And I I strangely enjoy all of that paper pushing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really minimizing it by calling it paper pushing because it's a lot more than that. But, I get that. <laughs> you know, like sitting, you know, 
being in those meetings, having those phone calls, all those emails flying back and forth, the spreadsheets. I love doing that because I know that all of that work is making these programs run and these students being able to continue on in their education. And that, I mean, that work has to happen. And that really, I enjoy, you know, I just, that's what I like doing it. Well, it's awesome that you're a part of our community. So very cool. Again, the website is uh, mentalhealthfirstaid.org if you want to get to know a little bit more about them and, of course, uh, what they do. And it's awesome that you are a part of it. And it was awesome that you could come in here on the show. I do have one final question for you. Are you ready for it? I am ready. All right. If you had the ability to snap your fingers, put one thought into the collective consciousness of the entire human race at the same time, and to some degree you're getting that opportunity right now because you're about ready to say it, what would that be? I would say that I would like everybody to remember that we are like 99.9% the same, right? Physically. I'd say so. I'm, I'm. I think that's what scientists say. I'm not an anatomy and physiology person. But we're all so different too, right? In our yeah. personalities. Mm-hmm. You know, we all look slightly different, you know, in, you know, our whatever, like our eye set or our, the shape of our nose or whatever it is. But we're all striving to live our best life to survive we all need those basic needs of food and water and shelter and we all want to love and laugh Mm -hmm. and have a good time and if we can just remember that that is like what what you're trying to do in your own bubble what i'm trying to do in my own bubble is virtually the same with some very slight differences I just feel like we would all be living in such harmony, (laughs) you know, if we could all just remember that that's, we're all just trucking, we're all just trying to truck on by and have like a really great life. So to summarize, acceptance, non-judgment, and love? Yes. Okay. Truthfulness, compassion, tolerance. Yes, all of that. All of that. And everything in between. Yep. Andrea, thank you once again for coming to uh, and joining me here on Shining Stars. Thank you for having me. Remember, we can all contribute something good to this world, no matter how big or small. A simple smile, a friendly gesture. That's all it takes to expand the power of positivity one inch further. I encourage you to find your shining star within by being the change you want to see. Thanks so much for listening to Shining Stars and, of course, sharing your time with me today. I'm Dedalian, and you can listen to this episode of Shining Stars On Demand, along with other LCC Connect programs at lccconnect.org. 